1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and... This is Steve. And we have a good guest. Mick Alfonso from Manchild Outdoors. Oh, Who? nice, man. Yeah. How are you liking the show? I love it. I think it's great, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I like being around people talking hunting because it's something I don't get a lot of, you know? I'm really like, talk about work, talk about my wife's work, talk about the kids, and... <laughs> Talk about hunting? Not at all. <laughs> we actually had a guest yeah. on not, not too long ago that had a safe card. So his wife, she didn't want to hear about hunting or fishing. Oh, she would yeah. put up the safe card and be like, no, not right now. No Time joke. out. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it, it happens. But let's, let's yeah. get the drive underway, man. We'll turn this key and put this thing into overdrive. Tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, so I'm Mick Alfonso. I'm from Manchild Outdoors. And uh, I'm a respiratory therapist for my day job. That's what finances this whole thing because it's, it's, it's a love. It's a hobby. It's not like a business or anything like that. I do it for people, but I don't want to like say, hey, you have to like pay for the service. It's like free. It's like sharing what I love and bringing the outdoors to people because I honestly don't feel like enough people know about the outdoors, especially these generations. And I don't want to get off subject, but I, like, I caught a fish in a creek. And this kid walks by and he's like, dude, where'd you get that fish? Made no sense to him that it came out of that creek right there. And I'm like, this generation is just like, needs some help. I need to, I need to enlighten them. So I used to hunt a lot with my cousins. I have three cousins that grew up with. They're like brothers since I was little. Um, they all passed away. So social media has been like my outlet socially to talk to people. And I travel all over and I hunt all over, but everyone's spread out. So I have more, I'd say friends that are more acquaintances than actual friends. Like, if I need someone to help me to move a couch, I'm beat. There ain't nobody gonna, <laughs> right. no one's close. But if I wanna go hunt in another state and I'm like, bro, can I come out there and just sleep on your couch? I, I could probably do that. Right. So, it's, that's what I'm about. So, sharing it, I travel all over because I've moved all over my whole life. So, the deer over there at my, my booth, like I told you guys earlier, like for people don't know, they don't know if they haven't been by, like New York, Georgia, and Connecticut. I have one coming from the taxidermist from Kentucky. Um, when I go to Ohio for opening season. So, so you do a little bit of everything traveling all over. It's not just, you're not a Northeast guy or, well, actually, I want to take it back real quick. What part right. of the area are you actually from? Well, I am a Northeast guy at heart because I grew up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, just, you know, on the other yeah. side of the state. And I grew up, you know, just like hunting stuff with my BB gun there. Right. And that was like a serious hobby when you're like 11 years old. I'm like, I am going to get that trophy squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know, you, bragged, every- you bragged to your friends and that's where it all started. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then like, oh, dude, I was just in the creek and look what I got out the creek. You know, like a bluegill that's like 
two pounds or something ridiculous. And so the outdoor started there for me. And so then it just kind of got like the weapons got bigger, the animals mm -hmm. got bigger. And uh, my dad was dragging me down to Salisbury, Connecticut all the time. And, uh, and that's really where my roots are for hunting is in, in Connecticut. And because Massachusetts didn't have a lot of deer, you know, down by the Connecticut border, there was a lot of deer in like Great Barrington and stuff. And I'm sure there still is, but not nearly as much as in Connecticut. So we always went there and then we moved to Georgia. He got transferred with GE. So then I went from being in New England down to Southern hunting now. And that's a whole different ball game. I don't know if you guys hunted down in Georgia or Alabama or anything like I, that. I've hunted Louisiana and that's as close as I got. And I haven't been to Louisiana, so I don't know how they are down there. But uh, in Georgia, it's funny. I explain to everybody, I'm like, all right, so New England is like kind of like real liberal leftist kind of folks. Right. Mostly, you know, there's a lot of us, but there's, there's more of them. And, and so I go out there and be like, I deer hunt recently at my new job. I was talking about it. The, the doctor asked me, and they're like, you, you kill them beautiful creatures. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love it. You know, yeah, they, they taste, taste great. great. And then she's like, <laughs> then she's giving me a really hard time about it. She's like, what do you do with them? I said, well, I like to hang their head on my wall and I feed my family. And she was mortified. And, uh, and then later she's like giving me crap about it. I'm like, you're gonna hold that against me, aren't you? And she's like, absolutely. But that's the only thing so far. She's like, but I'm gonna hold it against you. <laughs> but she was kind of joking, but she kind of wasn't. And then, and in Georgia, it's a complete opposite. So in Georgia, if a guy walked up and they're like, do you deer hunt? And he's like, no. They're gonna look at him and be like, boy, you like girls or something? You sissy, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, like, what is going on? Like, cause everyone deer hunts down there. So the small eight point on my barrel over there is like my biggest trophy. Cause that's a Georgia public land buck. And, and I hunted my butt off for that and everybody knew about them and everyone was in there like competing. And so, and it was an archery kill too. So you're just like, you gotta like, you gotta work. So I want to bring it back just a little bit. So I, first off, one of the things that kind of, I, I really want to know is where did the name Manchild Outdoors come from? Yeah, so Manchild Outdoors came from the, the movie Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you, you're a definitely a manchild. Yeah, which is totally stupid. But I grew up with Transformers playing with them. You know, I'm like, I love Transformers, you know what I'm saying? So the movie come out. And Jessica Fox is just a smoking hot. So even if you don't like Transformers, if, if like you like deer hunting and you, don't, and you like girls, you, you like Megan Fox. So, and she come out talking about like uh, her dad was a man child. And I forget how the scene goes, but the word just stuck in my head. And he's like wrenching on like choppers and like just was like locked up for getting in trouble and stuff. And I'm always getting in trouble. I'm, like, I'm not like getting locked up and stuff, but it was kind of like I seen parallels there. I'm right. like, shit, maybe I'm a man child. You know what I'm saying? And it stuck with me. And so, and that's the only time I've really ever heard it used, but it's just one of the things that it, it locked on and didn't let go. So. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a name that it draws attention because everybody's probably in the same focus that I am. Like, where did this name yeah. come from? How, like, how why? Right you know what I'm out. saying? It's like, Right, yeah. And I get that a lot. So a lot of people think it's like derogatory. So I'm trying to like change the definition of it. It's not right. like... I'm not like just getting out of prison and not being responsible and stuff like that. Obviously, I work in healthcare. I do respiratory. I'm on ventilators. I'm saving people's lives. Like I'm doing really responsible crap. So I'm responsible when I have to be responsible. But when I get out of work, I want the responsibility and the seriousness to stop. And, and it's funny that yeah. you say that because I think that there's a lot of people in the outdoors that that's what they use it for. That's right. what they, you know, whether yeah. it's a military thing or they have a stressful job, you know, they're blue or whatever the case may be. And that's right. what they use it for. Absolutely. I, I, I just like sitting in the tree, you know, and even when I don't see deer and I want to see deer. And that's why I travel all over states. I, I want to see deer. I don't want to sit there. Like I hear right. stories like I hadn't seen a deer for two weeks, but then I seen that monster bucks. 
I don't like that kind of hunting because I want to see deer every day because I just like seeing the animals, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, hell, I got stories about watching a turtle go by. Right. And it was insane. Like, like who would think, you know, and, and otters, like a herd of otters. Like a oh, stamp, yeah. A stampede awesome. of otters. It's just the funniest thing. Like, I always laugh when they come by, especially in Kentucky. And it's like, oh, like, you feel like they're going to get you, but they're, like, this big, you know? <laughs> they're Those are cute, little man. otters. Well, otters I mean, they're, like, that big. Yeah, yeah so. They, they can't hurt you. I mean, no, I'm not really worried about them, but they come through and they're like, like they have a presence, like they're going to do something, yeah. yeah, yeah. but they're like cute, so it's like they're going to cuddle you to death or something, I don't know, but they, it's just weird to, <laughs> to see you come through, because I'd probably try to roll around on the ground with them and then they'd bite me or something, yeah. You are funny. a man child. Yeah, because they're, they're funny, you know, but that's what I like, like, yeah. or just like crazy stuff, like my last, one of my last hunts last year, I watched, I have a lot of hawks where I yep. hunt, and I watched one finally snatch up a, a squirrel in front of me, and I really tried to get that on video, and I just missed it, oh. and I was like, oh, man, because they're always coming through, and I'm always getting them on the branches sitting right next to me, but as soon as they see me move, they're, they're done. I've had that happen with an owl one time, same thing, you're, you're snatch a deer squirrel. Stand. Oh, yeah, dude, and you, and you hear the other squirrels, oh, yeah. and you look over, and there's an owl, he's like this, and he's got yeah. one right underneath it. It was one of the probably coolest things I've seen yeah. in, the, in the woods, it's, it's really cool, but you know what? It, screws up my hunting tactic because I'm used to the squirrels barking at the <laughs> yeah, deer coming exactly. through, but they don't stop barking because there's so many hawks. Right. So from the moment I get in them woods to the moment I leave, there's hawks and they're constantly barking. So usually I can like dictate where the deer are moving by listening to the barking and the mm -hmm. progression of how it's changing and where it's going. And in there, it's just constant because of the hawks. So I have no idea. So bucks sneak up on me and does even sneak up on me all the time on the reg in there because I'll be on my phone. Yeah. I had a lot of video. You'll that see me like this happens. on the overhead with the, I have a little GoPro <laughs> overhead. I'll be like this. You'll see me like, oh shit, put my phone in my pocket real quick and grab my bow. <laughs> Especially when I seen my target buck last year, I reached up and I hit it because I was like, I got my heart pumping. I reached up and hit it and it was like, whoosh, like swinging everywhere. I was like, that ain't good. Okay, so <laughs> pro tip from a non-pro, put a lanyard on your phone. A lanyard? Yeah. Now just let it dangle? You're on it, just dangle. I'd be afraid of banging into my tree stand and be like, boom, yeah, when I wasn't making expecting. too much noise. you got to think that one through. Like, I've got a yeah. rubberized case and everything, and it's yeah. a short lanyard. Well, I got that pocket You could use that, that retractable one you had. Yeah, I either put it in my pocket right here in, in like, the, uh, the leg pocket. It's usually mm -hmm. pretty easy. But I don't like using that because stuff falls out. And so I usually always have that pocket right in my chest now, all the yeah. jackets. That's I like, how, yeah. I like That's that pocket because you can get up there and sneak it in. And you're not outside trying to do anything, so you don't have that profile. Because right. if you're here, yeah. then you're just here. Yeah, and you're within your silhouette, so you're not really bumping around. They don't really see you moving. So yeah, and, that's, and you just brought up actually a very good point is that silhouetting. Like, even even setting up with the right. sun and having so that your silhouette's not on the ground. Right. So then now you're not moving on the ground. Yeah, your shadows will get them. I've had that happen. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I find deer that way a lot. Like I just I kind of like I'm not really looking looking. I'm just kind of like zoned out. But as soon as that light breaks and that shadow changes, right. you see that really quick, like a pixel changing on a TV or something. It just changes, and you don't know what it is. It could, right. be, it could be smallest thing ever, like a chipmunk or something, but that light ain't coming no more. It turns off because that shadow's there, and you just zoom, and there it is, whatever it is that was moving. Looking in those pockets of light. Yeah, that's what I really watch. I, I watch the pockets of lights, and I, and I look for horizon, or like, um, what is it, like um, lines this way, horizon lines. Yep. So like the deer, they always have that back of the horizon. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unnatural in the environment. So you'll see that line. That's usually. that prey driving you. That's what? That prey driving you. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. Well. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, the transformerness no, no. in you. No. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, I need to turn on Netflix and watch yeah. some board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, put the earbuds in. I thought about that because I recently discovered 
the AirPods. Yep. Because I'm kind of, I'm like 47 years old. So, you know, technology is changing a lot for me. And, and I didn't really feel a need for them because you right. see the millennials run around with them and they love them and stuff. So I got a pair just to get a pair. And I kind of like them a lot. And I was wondering, can a deer hear them? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Maybe not. I don't know. They're pretty low and they're in your ear, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't, they may put off a frequency or something. I don't know. Let's yeah, and they got that get, transparency. Like, where you're Georgia to test that. I'll go sit in a tree and watch deer and you tell me if they react. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I test it out. I know, yeah. like, a lot of people would read books. Yeah. Read books? And the, yeah. yeah. In the tree. Yeah. I mean, that's a... Yeah, thing. yeah, I'm usually on Facebook, you know, hitting people up. <laughs> you're like, yeah. <laughs> you ever had an oh shit moment where you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, there's a deer coming and then you don't even see it. It's already passed oh, man. where you had to go. It's always my wife bitching at me. Oh, really? I'm not joking. <laughs> she's texting me and she's bitching at me and she's like, you're an asshole. You hunt too much. I hate you. And I'm sorry. So I don't know if I should say yeah. that. Yeah. I'm trying to filter my cuss words. Sorry, you're people. Fine. You're fine. Yeah. So she's like, she's. We are she's, ex- explicit podcast, so. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if there's kids around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah, definitely yeah. kids around. My kids are the worst. They're corrupt, but like other people's kids might be nice, and I don't want to like ruin society single handedly like, yeah. or nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I'll be getting yelled at. And then like every time I've shot a big buck in the last three years, she's been yelling at me on a text. Really? Yeah. It's every kind of, single time. So, does that mean before you go out, you intentionally try to make her mad? No, she just gets mad really easy. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. I mean, she's a, a good tech. woman. I ain't talking too much smack about her because if she ever watches this, she's going to kill me. She's a great wife. And it's just like, I hunt a lot and she, it's a lot for her to deal with. She, she didn't know what hunting was when I got with her. Oh, okay. So she knew guys yeah. that hunted. She's a hunting widow. But they didn't shoot stuff. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, they went hunting and I don't know what they're doing. But, that, you know, a lot of guys now, they go hunt and just get out and do whatever. Right. And they just enjoy being out. So they didn't really, they weren't productive hunters. They definitely didn't hunt different states and travel all over and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so she's like, the second day we lived together, we just moved in October 1st. So October 1st, I went hunting. Somebody came in and, and just messed up my hunt. And then the second day, I come home with the, the New York buck with no brow tines over there. And... Uh, She's like, I'm like, wake up, come see my buck. And she's like, what? <laughs> you know, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, come see my deer. You actually shot one? I'm like, well, that's kind of the whole point going. Yeah. You know, and I, she's like, yeah, but I know a lot of people hunt. They don't come home with nothing. I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm above average. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know <laughs> right. what they're doing out there. Maybe they're really not going hunting. I don't know. So, but yeah, and she, that was her enlightening moment. And then since then, it's just, there's always a deer coming in because I shoot a lot of does to feed the kids. And uh, they're just constantly coming so, so when you had first met her, she was not into the outdoors? No, she's still not into the outdoors. I was going to ask. That was my next yeah. question. Did she slowly turn into that? No, I don't want no, her to. Kind of, oh, I don't want no. her to. <laughs> okay. No, please don't. Are, you know, it's, no. it's, 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 it's a... <laughs> no, I like, I like she does her thing and I do my thing. She does like jujitsu and stuff with, the, mm-hmm. with our son. And she likes that stuff. And, and that's cool. She's real feminine. She's real girly. She's a nurse. Like, she wants to help people. She doesn't want to see my videos. Like, she doesn't no, want to see the animal die. She's okay. eat them all day long. She'll cook them. She loves eating it. She loves cooking it. But she will not watch. She doesn't. She's like, Michael, I don't want to watch you kill it. It's just it's going to make me not want to eat it. And she hates the deer heads in the house because they're watching her. Oh. You know, why yep. she's gotcha. eating them. And she feels that. like Hannibal Lecter, you know, so she doesn't like that. But I'm like, no, it's cool. It's, like, really healthy. You just got to get over that. And, and she has. And the kids, I mean, the kids are like. I don't know. They're just like, that's all they eat is venison. It's like, they're almost that's a deer. Yeah. And they don't, like, my son will be like, I want steak. And we'll take him to Outback one time because we were in town. And he's like, oh, no, not that kind of steak. Venison. I want the other kind of steak. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't know. He's talking about venison. He didn't like it. And I don't either. There's very, 
I don't like eating beef much anymore. Well, it's a, a lot leaner, better for you. And it's just the taste is better, yeah. And, and my stomach, as I get older, is just finicky. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't want it either. The only time I've eaten, like, beef is, that's good is, like, Paris, where they actually farm-raised. It's almost venison-y because it's actually healthy. It's probably not got a shitload of steroids in it and growth hormones and everything that they do, like, here in the state sides or mm -hmm. wherever states get their meat at. So they were really promoting that it was healthy, and it was delicious. That's but awesome. Stateside. I, I want to take it back to Manchild Outdoors, man. Where did it start for you that you one day just was like, did you just wake up one day and was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and start hunting and recording the things yeah. that I go through in my daily? Or Well, it's been like a long road for me. Not like for Manchild, it was really just started recently within the two years. But I've been recording since the days of VHS and a big... Old yeah, the over-the-shoulder. Yeah, the over-the-shoulder cameras where you had to have a cameraman. You weren't self-filming, and I don't even... Maybe they had camera arms back then, but I don't think they did. No, nah, I, I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so, but wait, I was in the tree with my cousin, and I'd record him, or he'd record me, and, and we did that a lot, but we weren't editing. We weren't doing all the stuff that's, like, so available to us nowadays. It's so easy to, like, get into and just, like, and start learning how to, like, cut it down and make it actually look watchable. Um, so it's shaky, it's grainy, and you have to fast forward to the kill shot. Or like, and he didn't do like, this is what I'm doing at the truck. And he didn't have B-roll. It was just like glory moments. And uh, remember that time he shot that deer? Yeah, here it is. And you got the arrow flies, and then that's pretty much the extent of the video. And I've even like done a seminar, like I was telling you guys before, with Bill Jordan one time, telling him, like, this is what I'm doing. These are my obstacles. These are things I'm trying to overcome. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You should go up on stage and do a seminar with me. And I was like, well, because <laughs> then I was young. Yeah. I was young then. So, and I was like, okay, but I've always been one of them people that I don't care if people are like watching me or staring at me or nothing. So I was like, okay, so we did that. And that was a good time. But it, even with that, it never got serious. And it just kind of faded out. Then I'm hunting at Whitetail Heaven in uh, Kentucky. And I'm talking to the folks there like uh, Cohen Stone, the producer of, uh, executive producer of Bone Collector, Hannah Barron and Jeff Barron and all them, and they're like, you really should do like something like a video like, and stuff, because that's what they do. Right. So right. that's on the forefront of their mind. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'm not you or nothing. You guys are like celebrities, I'm like nothing, and, and whatever. But then I was like, eh, I'll do it for fun. So then I did it for me to kind of save the memories, mm -hmm. fiddling with it like the year before last. And then I shot that drop time. Yep. And I was like, you know, I really wish I would have had that filmed if for no one else for me did you film that hunt or no no i had camera gear in my in my bag and i got in late and i didn't set it up because i don't want to spook none because i pushed two deer out going in start from the beginning i want to hear the whole story of this the whole story of the velvet, I, yeah. I think it's kind of really cool honestly the velvet buck's a long story it's 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 in depth because i went to kentucky for velvet like that year and was it the year before too um no that was the first year i went to kentucky for velvet so i had to think because i had processed the timeline and so I'm in Kentucky for Velvet, and I travel all down there. I'm, like, all in. I'm, like, balls deep on this trip. I yep. got no time to do nothing else. So I wasn't scouting Connecticut or nothing. I wasn't even thinking about it. I hunted it the year before, just knocking on doors, which is a whole complete other crazy awesome story. It's funny as hell. But I'm, like, in Kentucky, and here comes this buck. He's at 18 yards, quarter and two. I'm shooting great, but I got this VXR. And the VXR is shooting crazy, and I am going to blame the bow a little bit because I was shooting awesome. But it did this left-to-right shift with the point of impact, and I could never figure it out. Work on my own bow, and something was moving. I don't know if the limbs were moving in the limb pockets or if the, the cams were shifting or something was loose. I could never figure it out on that bow. And I would have, like, great groups that shot awesome, 
But like one minute, my point of impact would be here, and then it would be two inches to the left or the right, and then it'd go back over, and then it'd go back over. But it was moving two to three inches back and forth, and and it was like happening all the time. So today, if I shoot it, I readjust my sight; it's dead on, and it'd be dead nuts the whole time I shoot it. I could hit a quarter with it at 20 yards, and then the next day I'd pick it up and go out and shoot, and it moved to the left or the right again, and whatever three inches. So I'm like, God dang, I couldn't figure it out. So the day before I went in the woods, I, I make sure this is on. And I sighted it in and everything. I went out in the woods. There's that 10 point. It's not like a 135, 10 point. It's not humongous, but it, it's, it's a nice deer to me. I, I feel blessed to a deer with that, like that. And uh, I shoot and it moved over again. It hit the leg bone. So instead of tucking it right in that hard quarter and two shot that you probably should never take, that they tell you is like the worst angle ever, and I should have just waited. But if you're confident in it, man, and that's what I was totally mean. confident in it, but I could have been patient. So it's like a lesson right. learned. Experience is everything. Like even in healthcare, I'd rather 100%. have a doctor with experience than a doctor with a PE. That's why they call it a PhD practice. No. Yeah, that's why they're practicing, yeah, <laughs> because they don't know. So, but yeah, experience is everything. Seeing things and learning from light, living life and doing things is like the best teacher ever. And failure, like even Yoda says, failure is the best teacher. Ha ha ha. Absolutely. No, <laughs> you know? it's the truth. Man. So it's really true. So I believe in the words. And so and it hit him in the leg. It ricocheted underneath him, and I didn't get him. So I'm devastated. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn it, my hunt's over. I just wounded an animal on top of it. And so I'm just devastated. I go home basically crying in my milk. And uh, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to get over this hump. My freezer's empty. I'm going to go get some venison. I'm going to shoot a doe at my doe spot over in Connecticut. And lo and behold, there he is. Like, first deer that come in was that buck. I pushed two out going in. It was cracking light. And uh, I'm like, I won't put my camera arm out. And I had the muddy camera arm back then, and I don't want to talk bad about nobody, but personally, I, I don't like that camera arm because right. it's so I, big. I think it doesn't that's work a for you. Consensus. It doesn't work for me, and, and it's not like my thing. Somebody else would work, probably work perfect for, but I didn't want to set it up because I didn't like messing with it. It was just one of them camera arms that I didn't have for long. And uh, so, and it's loud, and it clanks, and there's yeah. ratchet straps and stuff. And I'm like, no, it's too too late for me to set that up. So, and I didn't. And now I do a GoPro over my head is like a like a secondary camera just in case I don't have a main camera. But then it was new to me. I wasn't doing that. So I had no footage. And he was out at like 60 yards. He come in and they eat the dirt in a spot that's across the line. Like 60 yards over, there's a small piece of land that cuts in between me and a southern land. There's minerals or something in that dirt. They come in and they eat that dirt. And he's over there eating the dirt for probably 45 minutes. And all I really could see of him is a silhouette and do all the stuff in that abnormal side. And I thought he was small. I thought it was like a six point or something. And he didn't, because his body was really big. That was a 300 pound deer live weight, I, I just like predict. Like, right. I, I, you know, I, he was huge. Like totally, you know, after bringing him to taxidermy and taking the head and the kite and then they get field dressed and the legs off and everything at a USDA meat processing place on the meat hook, getting rolled in there to be like, just put in the cooler for a while. He was 193 pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, because they charge you by the pound there. Right. So that's, that's how he got weighed. So the gut pile was humongous and everything was just a big deer, but, but not getting too far ahead going back. So he's out there, and I don't realize, and, and this kind of takes me back to, I remember watching Monster Bucks videos as a kid, and people saying, oh, well, you got to be careful when you're hunting, like, Canada, because the bodies are so big, you'll think the racks are smaller. They're like, because their, their silhouette's going to be huge and their racks are going to be small compared to their silhouette. So un, it'll look unproportional. It'll look like a smaller deer. That's what happened in that situation. I didn't think he was big. So I wasn't super pumped. I was just like, oh, here's a little buck. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's in awesome. velvet. You're trying yeah, to shoot yeah, the buck. Like, yeah, but I didn't know he was really in velvet because he was so far off. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really realize it until he got close. So he wandered off and he left and he was gone for an hour, hour and a half. 
And he came back. But when he came back, he came on the trail that circled right in front of me, which the trail I was hunting. He came in, and when I first seen him, he was like 40, and before he knew it, boom, he was 30 yards in front of me, and he's coming right at me. So he's 17 inches from ear tip to ear tip, and his rack is well outside that, and he was really tall, and I was just like, whoa, this is a really big freaking deer. And the drop tine, I didn't know it was a drop tine. I thought it was his velvet, because that's when I knew he was in velvet. I'm like, oh, I'm smoking this deer. He's in velvet, you know? And he came in, he was at 20 yards, and the, the closer he came, I, I stopped looking at the rack. Like, I wasn't, he was, he was a target now. He wasn't, I don't need to look at his rack no more. Now it's business. So, yeah, I'm not that guy that's going to sit there and stare at the rack, because I've, I've had family shoot arrows between, like, <laughs> times <rack>. before. <laughs> because, you know, they say you go, like, like, a mountain bike or something like that. Look where you want to go. That's where you're going to go. And that's where they were looking, apparently. You hear that's more where stories than none about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, really so do. I'm like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking at his rack. I don't care no more. He's a shooter for me, so I'm focusing on the vitals. That's where I'm looking at. I need the angle. So I get, that, I get that shot, and I get that angle, and he takes off running about 60, 70 yards over a berm where I can't see. He hits a tree, and it sounded like a tree fell in the woods, a big one. He said, bam, it was loud. And I think the tree smoked him on top of my <laughs> shot because he was like, boom, and it was just one dead silent. And, uh, and he was over the ridge, too. So you know how it is. You know, you, you know but you don't know. Yeah, so I'm like, he's down, but you don't know. So there's that little devil standing right here like, he might not be. <laughs> he might not be. He might have messed it all up. And like, so no. So I'm like, yeah, he's down. He's, so I'm feeling confident. So that happened so quick. Like, it was done. Like, just like that. He came in. I could process it, shoot or shot him. And then he was gone. And then it was over. So I'm sitting there. And then, like, within, like, a couple of minutes while I'm trying to process this, here comes the doe. And I went in there for does. So I'm like, shit, yeah, here comes the doe. So I stopped thinking about him. And a lot of people... You know, they probably wouldn't have done that. It was business. Yeah, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I, my freezer's running empty. I need another one. So here comes this doe, and she came in, and she was real skittish because of the shot and everything. And she finally worked in, and she stand basically right where he was, but she came from where he went. Okay. So he went down over a berm, like, in one direction, and she came from that direction. So I think he kind of pushed her up the hill. So she come up on the same trail. And she was standing almost exactly where he was standing. And I threw another arrow right there. They landed. They're both were pass-throughs. And the arrows are in the ground like right next. Actually, I'm sorry. I take that back. That, the buck wasn't a pass-through. But the doe was a pass-through. The arrow was right there where, where his was. And, or was his a pass-through? I honestly can't remember. Same thing. Either way. Whatever. Same spot. Well, anyway, she heart shot and she went over and she died. You know, I could see her go down. So I was so super pumped about that doe, right? So getting out of the tree, I know she's down. I see her. So I go over and look over the berm, and then there he is smashed up against the tree. So trying to pull him off of the tree was, like, working itself. So then I'm trying to, like, get in pictures and stuff with him. And if you watch the video, I do have a video not of shooting him but of the harvest. So I did pull a GoPro out. I had that in my bag. And I pulled the GoPro out, and I got the recovery on film. So I walk up to him, and he's just big. And I seen him first. I went over to the deer first, and then went back to my bag and got my... Thing. So the initial shock of like losing my shit when I see this deer growing, because as I got closer, I was like, oh my freaking God, like that deer just got bigger. There was no ground shrinkage. He just got bigger. I'm like, he's got freckles, which is weird. Which is spots. cool. That's, a, that's one of the cool things about right. that is those freckles. Those freckles are really cool. Yeah, you don't the, see that a lot. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. Like I've seen like piebalds, but they're more like cows. Looking right. The spots are big. And, and I've seen like the dots that go down the row of the back. Yeah. They never go away, yep. Yeah, because I shot one like that in, at, in Kentucky, and Hannah Bear shot one like that that I've seen personally, where it just goes down their back almost like a fawn. Before they lose their spots, them are like the last ones they lose, I think. 
and these ones just didn't. They're still there. It's really weird. But uh, yeah, and then the fact that he has a summer coat still, so that was one of my things is when I went down by Danbury, and I'm so sorry for the, the taxidermist, I forget his name, because he did a great job on the deer. And he still had the summer coat, you know, all the long red hairs on the top of the head and then the neck and then the chest. I'm like, is that going to fall out? And, and they didn't. So that's really cool that you can still this much time later and just check that out. And, uh, and the velvet looks good. The velvet yeah. looked better than when he was alive. It wasn't tipped. Like now he's tipped like he was going to shed it. Yep. That happened during the drying process when it shrank a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it just but, shrinks, yep. Yeah, and that's just velvet for you. I mean, some people, I'm curious how my velvet buck, the eight point I shot last year in Kentucky is going to come out because that guy down there, he does like probably 100 to 200 velvet bucks a year. And I, gotcha. think, I think that's on the process of how it's done. So right. like if you freeze right. dry it or right. there's there's a velvet tan that they do and sometimes you get right. shrinkage on it. So it's like, and it's, yeah. and a lot of times when you shoot them, a lot of the taxidermists will tell you like, you can bring that velvet tan with you and start the process right, right off or you can put it right yeah. in the freezer. Well, they velvet start pads. it right away because, you know. And, it, and that's one thing. Yeah. If you're velvet hunting, that you definitely want to contact your taxidermist that you're going to bring it to before. Yeah. And see well, the great thing is the taxidermist there is a guide on site. Oh, really? At the same time. Oh, so yeah. then it's. So he he's guiding and then when the, when the hunt's over, he's picking up all these deer and he's bringing them home and he's got his crew start getting on them right away. Those taxidermists, so, yeah. man, they, they skeeve into everything. Like, he's a great do guy, bear camp, too. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Bauer is his name. Just throw him a little shout out at Waytail Heaven. He's he's a good guy too. He's a really good dude, and uh, and he's just there and he talks you through the process. Like I'm actually going to Kentucky, mm -hmm. going to Ohio, but I'm still with Waytail Heaven. And I'm like two hours north, and he'll work something out where I can pick up my deer while I'm there. So I ain't got to worry about shipping or like any crazy driving awesome. or anything. So it's super convenient if you're like going back often. Like he's just got it. And you pick it up when you go back. Yeah, so that's gonna be pretty cool when I get that deer because. That's why I did the whole barrel, so I could do it in the house. My wife's like, we don't need another deer head in the house, Michael. She makes me put them in the garage. So you just but put them all together instead. They're on that tripod-like thing. Well, I don't know what they call it from uh, full range. Oh, yep. The full range mounting systems, and it's that pedestal mount with the three different hooks on it. Right. Yep. So I have, I have it foresight to think if I shoot in another one, there's one more. So, oh, there is? There's a fourth there's, slot on There's it. a third one, and I only oh. have two velvet deers. You only have the velvet deer in the house because I'm like, I can't leave it outside, hon. The humidity will ruin it. You know, nice. so yeah, so she's like, well played. You should so say that about the tan too, so that it doesn't, so you can bring that thing inside yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't I know, would, they're gonna get ruined, they're gonna crack, they're gonna lose their color. We can't do that, you know, spending seven, eight hundred dollars. No. Yeah, no, I don't wanna do that again. And I mean, I could always send it back and have them do something, but that's the thing is, I can't fix that, that drop time buck because of the, the, the freckles. Right. He has to stay inside. So I'm like, babe, the kids will go out before this is going out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's like you asked me about having them outside. Like, I'm not like here, like, I, I kind of yeah. hate that they're outside, but. I kind of feel like, you ever hear like when you're a kid, and like I go back to being a man child again, here I am a kid. Dude, if we're like on a desert island, and you could bang like Cindy Crawford or like <laughs> this other, like a really hottie, like which one would you bang? Like who cares if there's nobody to brag about it? You know what I'm saying? Like if I can't tell nobody, like here I am, I'm nailing this chick, she's hot. Like who cares? It could be some like slob, as long as she's nice to me and she could cook. You know? I don't care no Jeez. more. You're on an island by yourself, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, right? It doesn't really matter. So like if I didn't bring them out here to be able to share them to people and they're just hiding in my house somewhere, it's like there's a really good buck out in them woods somewhere just hiding away that no one gets to see 
And I don't want to create that with a buck I shot. Like if I shot that big monster, I'd want to bring it somewhere like here, like a lot of guys have done and show that thing to people and get them motivated and whatever. Because if I had dropped that of a heart attack tomorrow, my wife's going to throw that thing in the dumpster so quick. She can, yeah. Someone's going to see it. It's She's gonna not even going to give it away. It's going yeah, right in the trash. Yeah, what happened with that drop tide? I don't know. Like, it disappeared. <laughs> it and, disappeared. Yeah, so I had some That's like one of the guys here, he, he found a, like a 160-inch deer in the trash from like 1949 yeah, right. or yeah, something. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about that with the old taxidermy the other yep. day. Yeah. Yep. And just imagine, it happens all the time. Because like, I've pissed my wife off now. And the first thing that came out of that house was my deer heads. I was oh, like, do not ever touch my deer heads again. That is a deal breaker. Like, I, I will totally take them to a storage area and with the rest of my stuff and find so much. Like, don't do it. Like, so, yeah. So don't touch my hot deer. Don't it, yeah. touch my wife. But she's, she's like 13 years younger than me, so she's like pissing vinegar. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, I got to be careful because she's hot when she's mad. Like, she's really sexy. She Italian? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes maybe a little to get like that. Yeah, you know? she's got. Yeah, but no, I don't think so. I think she's just kind of like American she just mutt. Ain't. You know, what I'm <laughs> she's got a little bit of everything in her. She just gets fired up. Yeah, yeah, and she's just got to be careful. I, I yeah, I, yeah. I had to stop because in the beginning I was making her mad all the time just because she got really sexy and like she does this thing with her eyes <laughs> and I'm just like ooh and I can't get her to do like angry sex <laughs> like I try to <laughs> you know and like see now we're totally off subject. But, yeah. and I try to, but she won't because she's mad at me. So it doesn't work for me. Yeah. So I had to stop. I'm like, she's just going to stab me in the back or something when I'm asleep, kill me or slowly push me downstairs or something. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe you should stay in the woods a little bit longer. No, because I think that, time there. yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make time for her. She's yeah. like that kind of person that likes the affection, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So she, you gotta make like a movie night during hunting season. And that's the hardest thing for and me to do. And that's a balance. That's a balance yeah. thing that a lot of people have a tough time with or, right. or they, they, they know how to cope with that thing. And that's an important yeah. thing that all of us have to deal with. Well, it really just matters on like, am I seeing that big buck or not right now? Because right. I work on the thing like he's in the area for three days. Right. And if I see him on Thursday and we got movie night on Friday, I'm in trouble. Yeah. As I don't have that. Two yeah, I'm like, sorry, babe. Like, he just came in the area. He's only going to be in the area for a little while. I got to get him before he rotates out. And then she doesn't understand that. Right. But then I come home with the deer, and it might work out for me. And she's not happy for me. So, <laughs> but back tough. to social media and man child outdoors. Hey, guys, look what I got. Uh, <laughs> Everybody loves it. I need it. somebody happy for me so I can, like, think about not getting murdered in my sleep tonight. Yeah. But, yeah, Man Child Outdoors is one of the things. I tried, like, in the beginning, like you said, in the very beginning, to take us back to the beginning of this whole podcast. Like, Man Child Outdoors is, like, I'm trying to redefine Man Child. Like, I want it to be, like, dude, you're a man first. Like, let's not take away. Because I feel like people skip over man and go right to child when mm -hmm. they say, oh, you're a man child, and it's derogatory in nature, and, like, they're not saying it to be nice. But I feel like it can be, like, a nice term, too, because how many guys do you know where they get bigger and like instead of like BMX bikes sitting out in the yard at like somebody's mom's house and now it's like Harley's at Buddy's house over here, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the game doesn't really change, it's just the toys do. Right. You know, like you get bigger toys, you get faster cars instead of go-peds or like big wheels or whatever. Right. Cause I know we were like five or six deep on the biggest hill in the neighborhood with big wheels we stole from little kids and we we're like hauling ass down this hill, <laughs> racing each other, you know? Jeez. Then later we get like go-karts or cars or four wheelers and we're racing each other. And then the next thing you know, we're at like the dirt track with something and it just doesn't change but you get a job you get responsible you do your responsibilities and that's the first thing like the man in you has to be the man don't be this piece of crap that ain't doing nothing for nobody but themselves like have responsibility do you but now when you leave that responsibility 
Be a child at heart. Go out and have fun. Roll around in the, ga- in the grass with your kids. Don't be that guy like, oh, well, I'm responsible and I can't play with my kid like a kid. No, man, like get on the ground and like burn ants with them with a magnifying glass or <laughs> whatever it is that you do and have fun with them. And then I'll take them out hunting and you do your hunting thing too and, and just be that child because I think if you're not young at heart, you just kind of get mean. You know, you got to be, you got to be happy. Well, since we're on the subject, man, one of, one of the last questions I got for you is, is, is what drives you outdoors? What does what now? What drives you outdoors? What do you mean what drives me? What not your car, mean? not your truck. What drives like just you? To like, go what to the what inside of you, that burning ember that makes you want to push forward and drive to be in the outdoors? Oh, man, I just, I love nature. You know what I'm saying? I love God and like the creation that he painted, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like you just get out there, and I know like nowadays a lot of people are shifting towards being like religious or believing in God or spiritual or whatever. People are trying to be like factual and scientific and all that, and I don't see it that way. I look at it like like there's something bigger than me and I have no idea what it is, and I don't want to know what it is. I'm good with not knowing and having just faith and going out and just looking at the beauty that's around me because I don't think there's nothing better than getting out and just like being at the side of the, the road and, or a field or whatever and there's like the mist is coming up and being in the tree and, uh, and having the sunset, you know, come up. And I always say like, you know, hunting isn't necessarily hunting. Sometimes it's being 20 feet closer to God. Yep. You know, get up in the tree and I'm like that much closer to my cousins that passed and I'm that much more with them. And, and you know, I talk to myself all the time like a crazy person just like, having conversations still with like my loved ones that have passed and stuff and being in that tree, there's nothing more spiritual and, and more comforting and like relaxing and de-stressful because they're not with me anymore, but they are, you know right. what I'm saying? And, and even if there isn't anything, they're still with me and there's no, there's no denying that. So even if everything I believe in is not true, it doesn't matter because they're still with me and I'm there and I have that moment where I'm kind of doing my thing and just like, remembering and, and being with them still. So that's the main thing, you know, deer are secondary, you know, success is secondary. Um, I, I really just, I like to feed the family healthy. So, you know, while I'm there, I can do something productive and, and, and something that's good for somebody other than just myself. And then if I can get on that target buck too, and I can kill that target buck, well, that's cool because my friends will like me more. Because <laughs> if I shoot a bunch of does, my family eats, and my friends are like, yeah, he shoots a lot of deer, but he doesn't ever shoot a buck. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, man, but it's, you it's shoot a big buck, next you, you know, the guys are like, you don't shoot, that's like, that's, I think it's so funny because now it's like guys do a lot of things for other guys now. Like we make fun of women, how they do a lot of things for other women. Like they don't wear that sexy dress for themselves. They're wearing it because I'm going to look better than her. You know, or I want to do this. And I've watched the guys at the hunting camp, and they're like, dude, I got, like, Sika on, or I got, like, this on. And they're dressing for each other, doing the same thing, and I just sit back and laugh with my Walmart clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm back there with it's my... It's so w- true, though. Yeah. I, I never thought of it like that. It's honestly, that's very true. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And, and you know, and a lot of people, they, they do the right things, you know what I'm saying? But then they get, like, well, I bought this new bow, like, when Matthews came out with the first light, and nobody had first light camo yet. You can buy it. So everyone's like rushing, like, what am I going to do? I got this bow at first light, but I need first light gear because I don't match. And I'm like, dude, are you freaking serious right now? Because I used to like a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Right. Yeah, so I just laugh. And that's the man child of me, too, because I think it's funny. I sit back and I'm like, that's cool. Like, I mean, the camel's cool. You know what I'm saying? You want to wear the camel. I get that. But your reasoning behind it is kind of silly. <laughs> like, you, uh, I don't want to go there and be mismatched. You know, a lot of guys, they'll, like, they'll have, like, mossy oak pants and then, like, real tree top. See, for me, like, I, I would rather see a, a person or a kid or whatever wear mismatched camo shooting does than I would somebody in Sicko or First Light shooting monster bugs. I mean, to me, that's, I yeah, think it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing a kid be successful is great because it doesn't matter what they shoot. 
And that's what I try to stay too. I like try to be like, I think each year is a blessing from God. Like I really do. You're taking a life and, and you need to be productive with that life. Like you need to like eat it and you need to respect it and stuff. And, and there's a lot of people that I've seen shoot monster bucks and talk about it like it was a piece of crap deer. And I'm like, you're out of your mind because it wasn't exactly what they wanted. Or, or, oh, I shot my target buck, but it broke a, a G2 off and now it won't score as much. This sucks. I heard a story about a woman flipping out because her kid shot like, I don't know, his deer scored like an inch under Boone and Crockett and they flipped out because they thought that he shot a Boone and Crockett deer and they were like being mean to the people that scored them and everything else because now that deer had no value unless it was a Booner. Like, and I was mortified they're by it. They're doing it for the wrong reason. Right. right. They're, they're totally, that's totally not cool. You know, hunting camps, you know, how many times have guys probably told stories about, yeah, just cut the rack off and you can do whatever you want to with the rest of it. I'm going to take the rack. You know, and, and that's the wrong reason in my mind. Yeah. So when we do a lot of travel hunting, because, you know, a lot of public and we stay in our trucks and so on and so forth, is like um, I had shot a deer in Ohio and I donated it to the local food pantry. That's awesome. So yeah. We, I got it cut up and then gave it to actually, it was not even a food pantry. It was a, a it, church. It was a local church. Yeah. It was a local right. church. Yeah. And it, because you want the best to happen to that. And, and right. I mean, for me to travel home with it was a lot, mm-hmm. but. But to give it back to somebody, and right. it, it, yeah. I think like Northeast, one of my big gripes about the Northeast is that we don't have anything like that. There's not a lot of food for, hung, for yeah, hungry. Yeah, the hunters for the hungry, food for hungry. There's not, there's not that kind of stuff to donate that stuff to because like right. you, you know, shoot a lot of does and I shoot a lot of does. Mm-hmm. And do I really need all that? I right. mean, we use it. We, we make fun stuff with it. But I would like to see it go to Me too. You know, some, yeah. you know, somebody in need, man. Well, they do that in Southern Connecticut in like zones uh, 11 and 12. They have like that earn a buck tag. So they have so many deer and you can keep shooting them. They keep giving you tags because the population's out of control. Right. But they want you to shoot does first. And so the guys are shooting the does to get the buck tag because they want the buck tag. But they're giving the does to the, the like the people that will donate it to the butchers. Food or so, yeah, the butchers yeah. that do the program so there, there or whatever. Is that's a, yeah, they have the program. So then they distribute the meat amongst the people that need it. And I think that's awesome because not only are you doing your part in the population control and keeping you know, the buck to doe ratio good, but you're helping out the people that really need it. And that's I think important. that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And then they can get it and, and whatever. I would like to see that in a lot of states when they have, like, they're trying to do, like, antler restrictions and stuff like that. I wish they did an earn a buck tag instead. And then yeah. they would do programs like that and have people, you know, donate the food to the needy and stuff. But I don't know. I guess there might be a lot more involved in that than I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. So quick question for you is as you've been coming up through this and getting into it, learning not just the video but the, the, the hunt in general. Yeah. What's your biggest takeaway and one thing you would want to point out to a new hunter? Um, Going forward, I just want to, you know, my biggest takeaway is last year was my learning curve with my video stuff. So I'm just trying to make the best possible footage I can, not just kill shots and just success videos, but just watchable, entertainable, tell the story better and and just entertain folks and really help and, and try to like educate those that are new into hunting. Because one of the things about Huntstock that I take away from this event is uh, I heard so many people at that archery range when the guy says, you ever do a, a, a 3D shoot before? So many people said no. Right. There's so many people said, no, I've never done one. And that's just like baffles me. I'm like, wow. Because I, I mean, we had the R100 in two weeks just right down the road, which is the most phenomenal shoot, I think and all the targets that they bring in and they've never done one. I'm like, that's incredible. So there's so many new hunters. So I want to make the best watchable footage, but I also want to start telling the story better and being more educational. And like, like when I was new coming up watching monster bucks videos and stuff and trying to get takeaways from that. 
Right. Like, I need to know how to do a mock scrape. I don't know how to do one. Like now we take it for granted. We probably do a hundred of them in one season or something ridiculous and, and don't think nothing of it. But these kids don't know nothing about mock scrapes. You know, the guy I hunt with on public land, well, I don't hunt with him, but he hunts by me. And like, I, I bring like four big deer off the mountain with mock scrapes and kind of like taking out a bunch of does so they could zigzag and not get locked up on a doe. And uh, he shot a great buck this year, and I doubt at all he thinks I was any bit remotely responsible for his success. And he hasn't shot a deer in there in multiple years. Wow. So, like, I, I would like to teach people that stuff. But people are really solo, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to come up and say, hey, can you mentor me? But they'll watch your video. And, and, and Absolutely. Yeah, and they'll, they'll do that. So I try to help them because a lot of people I approach are just kind of like, oh, I'm good. And I don't know if it's just because they're antisocial or they just want to do it by themselves or whatever. But I do find out later, I hear about them, they know everything about my videos. Yeah. And they might not even be subscribed. That's society in itself today because yeah. the, the first one-on-one, the handshakes, the looking in the eyes right. of people, those, those mannerisms that we learned growing up, those are starting to go to the wayside because yeah. of cell phones, because of social media, because right. the interaction one-on-one is no longer a thing. You don't have to do that. Right. So, and people... Now, I mean, like walking up and shaking somebody's hand and looking them in the yeah. eyes. Th- those days of that are other than our mm-hmm. us yeah, is, our is over. And back, yeah, right. It's over. Yeah, yeah. I kind of squeak into that. I'm like in the middle of that generation well, switch. I, I, no. yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like right there by the age, but yeah. I got You get that yeah. class from our generation that really belongs in the generation before us, right? You know, just because right. of our upbringing and, and influence from that generation that. That's how we live, but mm. I, I count us as the older generation. Yeah, yeah we're getting old. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. I'm like up going out close to fifty. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I I shot like a small doe in Connecticut public land last year, and when I drug her out, I thought I was gonna freaking die. I'm like, I gotta go get a hunting cart. I can't do this no more by myself and dragging it. And like, and it wasn't far. It was only like 150 yards. And I swear to God, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. So I was like, Jesus, I'm getting old. Yeah, it's not fun. There's those signs. So, uh, both at the show and your social media presence, where can everybody find you? Um, so there's multiple places. So my main platform is the videos, of course, on YouTube. So you go to Manchild Outdoors on YouTube, or you can go to manchildoutdoors.com, and you can go there. And then I have like the whole intro. It tells you about me. It tells you about what you know what. I want to do over the years and you know where I'm coming from and it's got a little explanation about you know what I'm about but then you also have like you have the swag you have the man child t-shirts and stuff that a lot of people are asking for so I got them printed up for them and uh and then you have the whole video section so you can go there's like a photo section where you can just see some you know cool photos of like just memories and then the videos where it gets a little bit more serious and you can click on them and they're just going to redirect you to uh the YouTube. To the YouTube page. Yeah, they're right. just all they're, they're on YouTube. So right, and then it's for, for everybody in the building, where can they find you here? Okay, so I'm over by, uh, what would that be called up there? The beer? That, the beer? We'll yeah, the bar. The tap room. The, the tavern? Tap? Yeah, let's call it. Yeah. The tavern? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll so the tavern that. up on the hill, I'm right across from it. So get yourself a beer, come by, check out my stuff, maybe pick up a t-shirt or something. I mean, that's like a prime position, right? Everyone's yeah, going to get a beer. They well, got right by you. Yeah, you know, it got cold oh, yeah. last night. I oh, saw yeah. quite a few hoodies last night. People, they didn't realize it was going to get cold. Yeah, they that probably don't even, I don't even know what Mayor Child is. What is that? But can I get a hoodie? You know, I'm cold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. It's a good place yeah. to be. 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. before you close it out real quick, actually, someone in the audience actually just sent me a link to um, the NRA.org actually has a, a program where you can go to hunt to feed. 
So oh, that's great. That's, so there is actually one yeah. out there, and you can look it up, and it's all across the Northeast. Yeah, that's great to have because, like, I, when I shot that, when we were talking about the drop tine earlier, when I shot it, like, I didn't know where to go for nothing. Yeah. You know, and I hunt there a lot, but because of the recent rules, and you can't change, you can't go across state lines. Yeah. I found myself stumbling because that was the first year. Oh shit! I don't know where I can get this process, where I can get it done anything and then that, that'd so there's be great something, so there's something yeah, there that's that probably you can, for the hunt to feed too so you can give it out there is a hunters for hungry across the right. state so pretty cool and we appreciate that's, it that's Thank awesome you. yeah yeah outstanding well mick the man child we mick can't thank you enough for joining us i appreciate and, and, you guys and i'm glad we got a be your first podcast. Yeah, yeah I'm like, there yeah, for a cherry. my cherries popped. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we do that a lot. We're actually pretty yeah. good at cherry popping. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I've never done a podcast before, so it was kind of interesting to me to see. Yeah, well, how awesome. we goes. appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. It was good, and I, I hopefully everyone it. listening goes go check him out. Get on his page, subscribe, give him some support. He's got some really cool stuff, and he's got some big things coming. I feel so. Yeah, you know, things are going to get better. You know, I got all all my camera stuff's different this year. No, oh. it's the same. Yeah, it, yeah like I said, I want to bring the best hole. content, new editing software. So hopefully I want it to look professional. Yeah. Even though You're it's doing like... doing a hell of a job already. Yeah, even though it's just kind of like the first year, the footage you're going to watch now. Next year, I hope to take a big, huge jump. Awesome. We'll see. The hopefully. only way to get better is to start. I just need blessings from up above. I need to end here to still walk by. So it, It's going to happen, man. It's in God's hands from here. I feel it. Well... <laughs> Again, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, as always, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.